This is the Byron Bledsoe Podcast, Senior Pastor of C3 Church in Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. There are two words in life that either propel us or paralyze us. These two words have a significant impact in your life and in my life. They're two words that we put together to ask one of the most common questions we could ever ask. And sometimes we ask that to a friend, we ask that to to someone nearby, a parent. But sometimes, in fact, more often than not, this question, it lives inside us. And, And this question can help or haunt. It depends on the perspective. The question is, what if? And what if can be paralyzing. Like, what if things get worse? What if there are more lockdowns? What if the doctor has bad news? What if my kid doesn't get into that school? What if our marriage doesn't make it? What if can be paralyzing? But what if can also be propelling? What if God really does love me? What if God's word is actually true? What if God has a plan for my life? What if God holds my future in his hands so I don't have to worry about my job? What if I trust God and he actually does bless me more than I could handle? What if what if with God anything is possible? What if she really does love me? What if they really are going to be okay? What if can be propelling and lead us into the land of hope? where we experience a whole new reality because we know that life is pointed in the direction of our thoughts and your most common thoughts develop the life that you will live. And so what if can be filled with worry or what if can be filled with faith? This same question will end into entirely different destinations depending on how we view this question. And it's it's the inner battle that you face. It's the inner battle that I face. It's the tension that we live with in life, the, the what ifs. And when we go into what if as paralyzing, it can shut down areas of our life. It can can devastate and erode hope. But when we go into what if, it can propel us into the future God has for us. It's the biggest battle we fight. And this what if, the what if that's paralyzing, has destroyed more lives than car wrecks. It's destroyed more lives than affairs or drugs because it has limited us when we live in the what if that's paralyzing. It's the one thing that can limit life more than anything else. And I wonder, as we move into 2021, are you living on the wrong side of what if? And how could life change in 2021 if you saw a different side of the same question? So today, we're going to discover how to live in peace rather than paralyzed. How to live worshiping instead of worrying and how to live freed up instead of of frozen. Now, before we dive in, I've got to give you a disclaimer. This message comes with sort of a disclaimer, a warning label. I I need to let you know up front. I'm not saying that your situation isn't bad. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that everything's going to be fine. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you don't have any reason to be concerned. 
I'm not saying those things. Those things are not helpful. They're denial. But Jesus teaches us in the scriptures. And as you walk in faith, you begin to experience this, that our circumstances can be bad and some things may not be fine. And we may have reason to be concerned, but we do not have to worry. In fact, worry doesn't help any of them because the what if that leads and feeds worry will change you. And it will turn you into somebody that you don't even like. So how do we move from the what if that's harmful to the what if that's helpful? From living paralyzed to being propelled into our future. How how do we do that? Luke chapter 12, there's this really fascinating story that takes place in Scripture. I, I love these verses. Luke chapter 12, verse 22. Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry. And I don't know if you're like me. Sometimes, do you ever read the Bible? If, if you read the Bible, do you ever read the Bible and think, well, yeah, that's, that's Jesus. I mean, of course, he could say, do not worry. But what's fascinating to me is when you look at the different people in Scripture that talked about worry, it seems like the different people God used to write about worry in Scripture were some of the people that had the most to worry about. But right here, Jesus, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Now, I don't think we really worry much about what we eat. Most people, a few I know worry about what they wear, but most people don't worry much about what they wear. But we do worry about our jobs. We do worry about the promotion. We do worry about our kids. We worry about our health. We worry about our retirement. Notice verse 23. For life is more than food and the body more than clothes. See, life is meant to be more than we often limit it to. Think about the things that you worry about, the things that you worry about, the things that are kind of pressing in on you right now, the things that you try to distract yourself from, the things that you're worried about. Is that your life? No. Is it important? Yeah. But is it your life? No. Then notice verse 23. Consider the ravens. Not, not Baltimore, not the, they're not in the Super Bowl, don't worry about it. But consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much, listen, how much more valuable are you than birds? You're more valuable to God than a bird. And if God takes care of birds, he's got you. God's not saying don't try to get into the good school or Don't go for the promotion or or, or don't send that text you think you should. God's just saying, don't worry about it. Do what you can do and then trust God to do what you can't do. You're not trusting in faith. It's important to remember you're not trusting in faith. You're trusting in a personal God who loves you deeply. And then verse 25. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? All of the, the what ifs that roll through your mind as you replay the downside, the bad scenes, the things you're ashamed of, the things that you think it'll go this direction because it always has, all all the what-ifs that you play in your mind that that are negative and untrue. Who of you, by by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Now, we know that our worrying can't change the smallest things. Why do we think worrying can change the big things? I don't know how you feel about flying. Some people love flying. Some people hate it. I don't mind it. I remember a few years ago, Angie and I were flying from Houston, Texas back to Orlando. 
And on that flight, we experienced uh, like like turbulence on the seventh level of hell. I, I don't know. There was a technical name for it. I don't remember what the pilot called it, but it was so bad. He came on and told us the plane dropped about 5,000 feet suddenly. I mean, drinks were hitting the ceiling. A flight attendant, listen, a flight attendant fell down. You don't ever see that. It bounced about another 30 seconds and dropped another 5,000 feet. And then when we landed in Orlando, it was a bad lightning and rainstorm. And we landed kind of coming in like that. And, and I, I promised Jesus and myself I would never fly again for a few minutes. But I don't know how you feel about flying. What I've discovered in moments like that on flights, nobody's an atheist. And everybody's praying. I mean, it was an intense moment. But if you're on a flight like that, if you're worrying, oh my goodness, what if something's wrong with the plane? Let me ask you a question. Is your what if keeping that plane in the air? Because you're worrying about it, are, are you the one sustaining everything and it's all because of you and how much emotional energy you're pouring into worrying and you're stressing out, but you're stressing out is making everything okay for the rest of us? Is it really all up to you? Now, you, you know it's not. But if you live acting like it's up to you, you're through. You miss the life God created you to live. Well, but what if I die? Hey, let me help you. You're going to die. You're going to die. All of us are going to die. But that's the hope that we have in Christ. We know that, that God has defeated death. On this world, we're here temporarily. The forever after this is a whole lot longer than that. And if you know Christ, there's nothing to worry about. Now notice verse 27. Consider how the wildflowers grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon, King Solomon, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? Jesus is saying, hey, you, you have you have so little confidence in God. You're thinking too small. You know what we do when we ask the what ifs that paralyze us? What we're doing is we're keeping our world in our hands instead of God's. We, we try to keep the world going. We try to make things happen. And when I live a life trusting my hands, I live in stress and filled with worry. In my hands, I break things. I know how to break relationships. I know how to break my finances. I know how to break my career. I know how to break my parenting. In my hands, I break things. But in God's hands, he heals things. It's just who he is. And we ask this, we ask this crazy what if question because life is so uncertain. And when life is uncertainty and uncertain, we need two things, certainty and clarity. Certainty is what to expect. Clarity is how should I respond? And worry, the what if that paralyzes, brings neither. Worry doesn't give me clarity. Worry doesn't know me, give me certainty. So you can't, you can't, and I can't add anything good to our lives by worrying. Worrying is a waste of my life. And hey, in 2021, we're not going to waste our lives. You're not going to waste your life. I'm not going to waste my life. We are going to abandon worry. How do we do that? Notice verse 29. And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things. Did you know if you're a Christ follower? And by the way, if you're not a Christ follower, 
man, we're so glad you're connected with us at C3. And we want you to know there's room in this family for you. We're excited that you're connected with us today. But notice the verse, for the pagan world runs after all such things. It's basically saying, if you're a Christ follower, if you follow Jesus, if you have the living God living in your life, you've been forgiven of your sin, you have a personal relationship with God, then why do you worry like people that don't have a hope in God? Why, why would you worry like those who don't have faith? Why would you worry like those who don't pray? He says, hey, you're, you're living less than. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. But here it is. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. If it's overwhelming you, it's in the wrong hands. What areas of your life, as we've moved into this new year, the last Sunday of a brand new year, whether you're watching online right now, or you're gathered with us in the room, what area of your life is overwhelming you? What area of your life have you kept in your hands and you're trying to figure it out and you feel like it's all up to you and maybe you prayed about it back in the day, but you've quit pray, praying about it because you haven't seen happen what you thought should happen by now. And so now you're, you're just trying to figure it out and you have moments of intense stress where you're trying to figure it out and you're trying to discover the angle and how it's going to work and what you should say or what you should write or what you should do or where you should show up. And it gets overwhelming that sometimes you just Try to distract yourself from everything you're trying to fix. When it's left with me worrying, I will be. When it's left with God, I'll live worry-free. We've got to learn to put it in his hands. In fact, scripture says, cast all your cares. We can give everything we're concerned about, everything we're worrying about, all the what-ifs that paralyze us, we can give those to God through prayer. So in 2021, I want to encourage you, man, let's take a new road. Let's leave behind the little what ifs and let's trade that for a big what if. What if God really is God? And what if he tells the truth and that he loves you deeply? Exodus chapter 20 verse 3 kind of gives us the formula, the pattern, the starting point of abandoning worry. It's one of what's been called the Ten Commandments. And sometimes we view those as sort of harsh. But scripture teaches that a loving God, a loving father says, hey, here are the things that will help you have a better life. These are given to us not to make life rigid. These are given to us not to limit what we can experience or what we can do. These are given to us so that we can have a blast. If you give me a high-end luxury car, you say, hey, man, it's yours. Drive it for a week. You give me that, in fact, a Bentley. If you want to let me drive a Bentley for a week, I will take you up on that. But if you give me a Bentley, you know where I'm not taking it? Off-road. I'm not going off-road. I'm not going down trails in the Bentley because the guardrails on the road are meant to protect us and help us enjoy the experience as it was created. And so that's all God does. And notice Exodus chapter 20, verse three, you shall have no other gods before me. God says, hey, the way life works the best is if I'm in first place. God has this issue with you and I putting him in anything less than first place. And God, because he's God, says, hey, it's first place or it's no place. And that's the starting point. Where I put God first in my life, he blesses. Where I don't, he doesn't. And so in 2021, I don't want us to get what we want and miss what we need. Because sometimes we set a, such a low view of what our lives can be and we chase things that we want and we get them. I, I don't want us to get what we want and miss what we need. So in 2021, 
there's some things we're going to do this year to make sure we're asking the what if that propels our lives. I have a tattoo on this arm, on this forearm right here, and it's an anchor. And in the anchor are three words. It is well. It is well is an old hymn of the Christian faith. And it basically has a message that, hey, because God is God, because he's in first place. When I, when I live my life from the what if questions that propel me forward and propel my faith, it is well. It's going to be okay. It reminds me not to go down the lesser what if, the what ifs that paralyze me. Because it is well because God is God and he's in first place. So how do we do this practically? What does this look like on a Monday or a Thursday? How do I bring this into my life so this year I worry less and live more? Well, let me ask you some what ifs that I think can propel you, can propel me. What if I put my day in his hands? The, the first part of my day. I just decide each day, the first part of my day, because remember God likes first place. I'm going to spend a few moments. Maybe I just read a couple of verses or, or maybe you're maturing in your faith and you want to do a Bible study. But I'm, I'm going to begin my day with the God who loves me so much he invites me to call him Father. What if I did that? Mark chapter 1 verse 35 says, Very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And hey, I, I don't know about you, but if Jesus needed to begin the day praying, I needed a whole lot more. And so... Man, this week, what if I put my day, the first part of my day, in his hands? Because when I put the first part of my day in his hands, and I spend a few moments with God, just quietly reading some scripture, asking God to speak to me, and, and maybe that's not your pattern, maybe you've never done that. It's very simple. Every time I read the Bible like this in the mornings, I pray a very simple prayer before I do. I just say, God, would you please speak to me today? Show me what you want me to see, and help me to understand, God. I, I invite you into my day, and then I'll read whatever I'm reading that day, and then I'll pray again, God. And sometimes when I read, it's so obvious. Sometimes it's like, right, wow, oh my gosh, that, that's exactly what I'm processing. Boom. Sometimes, sometimes I read, it's crickets, nothing. But often what happens is a month later, a year later, two years later, something will happen and I'll remember back and be like, oh, oh, that. That's why God showed me that at that point. And so afterwards, I'll just thank God for his word and the fact that he loves us so much. L listen, life is so challenging. He loves us so much. He's given us this manual and he says, hey, here, here's how to live your best life. Now, guys, we don't read manuals, but how could life change if we did? So uh, what if I put my, my day, the first part of my day in his hands? But then there's a second thing this week. And, and you're already doing this, man. You're already like you, you jump started this one. What if I put my week in his hands, the first part of the week? What would your life look like in 2021 if you began every week putting God first? You invite him into the first part of your week. Listen to Hebrews chapter, chapter 10. And let us consider. It means ponder, think through, process, percolate. Give, give this some time. Let this sink in. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. It's speaking of encouragement, but not just surface encouragement. Not that, oh, great job, but a deeper encouragement that propels you and me in our lives. Spur one another on toward loving good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. God says, hey, there's something unique that happens and I don't understand all this. I don't pretend to, but God's God and I'm going to let him be God because he's way smarter than me and whether I let him or not, he's still God. He says there's something unique. Man, how, would you, how would your life change this year if in 2021 you put 
the first part of your week in God's hands. And you decided whether online, some of you are watching online right now, some of you are in the room gathered, but you decide, man, I'm going to begin the first part of the week letting God set the tone and influence and and give me something for my week. Now, if you go on vacation, uh, maybe you're not feeling well, you, you miss a few Sundays, let's say out of 52 weeks, you hit 40 weeks. That's 40 opportunities for God to drop something into your soul to create the you that you would love to be that you would have missed if you hadn't been a part of it. Now, online is amazing. I I love technology and how we're able to come right into your home. Thank you so much for inviting us into your home. Those of you that are watching online or wherever you're watching, I love technology. And I love the fact that you and I are able to have this conversation and we're able to talk about scripture and we're beginning the week this way. But there is something unique about being in the room. And so if you're watching online, I want to encourage you to register for next Sunday to join us in the room. Because notice what the verse says, but encouraging one another. Encouragement is limited through technology, but in the room, around each other. Now, if you're dealing with COVID, if you're not able to go outside, I I understand that. If you have some health concerns, I have people in my family, loved ones that are older that have health concerns. I get it. I get it. But if you're able to go to that out that front door and you're going to other places, you're going to restaurants. I, I read in somebody the other day, said, man, we're just not going out. I was thinking, I saw you in a restaurant about a month ago. If God can protect you in the restaurant, I think he'll protect you at church. And so if you can be in the room, I want to encourage you. Why am I doing that? Because I desperately want this to be the best year of your life. And we just read the verse. Don't forsake the assembling of yourself together. Something unique happens. You give God the opportunity to do something special in your life when you connect with other Christ followers and people that are just seeking, because a lot of people come to C3 that are not Christ followers yet. They're they're just seeking. They're they're exploring. They they have questions. They're trying to find out, is is God for me? Is this really real? Something unique happens on another level in the room. So man, join us on Sundays in the room. So what what am I going to do this week? What, What if I put the first part of my day in God's hands? What if I put the first part of my week in God's hands? What if I put my first thoughts in God's hands? How do I do that? Psalm 119, 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Man, if I want to live my best life, part of what I need to do is, is give my thoughts to God because our mind is such a battleground and you can't control what pops in and neither can I. You can control how long it stays there, but you can't control what pops in it. You can't control if the what if that's paralyzing pops in your mind. You can control how long it stays there. And one of the things that I've discovered that really helps combat that is is what this verse says, Psalm 119. One of the things that helps my mind point in the direction that propels me and ask the what what ifs that propels me is memorizing scripture. Now, you might say, man, I'm not good at memorizing. Hey, just take one one verse, one verse. You can start with the shortest one if you want to. John chapter 11, Jesus wept, two words. You'll probably have that before we're done today. But you can take a verse and give yourself a month. Write it on an index card, put it, tape it on the bathroom mirror, put it on the refrigerator, put it wherever you need to see it. And four or five times a day, you read that verse. Start with some short ones. Just, just Google verses about how God loves me. Maybe start with that. Maybe you need some confidence about realizing who God says you are, not who they say you are. And how loved you are by the God that invites you to call him Father. And in a year, you will have hidden in your heart 12 verses that will propel your life. So how would your life be different at the end of 2021? than it's ever been. If you just did that one a month, we can all do that. And then here's the last one. What if I put the first part of my finances in his hands? What if I did that? 
What does that even look like? Genesis chapter 4, verse 2. It's the story of the creation. And there are a couple of verses that just jump out to me that I think are helpful. Now, Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. And in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits. Remember that, some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn. So Cain brings some, and Abel brings some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked down with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. See, God wants to be first place in our financial life as well. He doesn't want to be second. And then in these offerings, God says, hey, it's the first. Last week, if you were part of our gatherings or you watched online, we talked about the tithe. It's a biblical term that means 10%. And let me say this again. I said it last week. If you think I'm trying to manipulate you, if you think I'm trying to just get you something to get, get you to do something to give C3 some money, I believe in what scripture teaches so much. And I so desperately want you to have the best year of your life so far that, that if you think I have some ulterior motive, would you please tithe to a different church? See, this is not about what we want from you. This is about what we want for you. And I know this works. Because I've seen it, me and Angie, in our lives, the tons of responses I get every time I talk about this, of of people that dive dive in and begin to tithe, the stories that I hear about incredible things that God does. And so I want this for you, but God wants the first. That means I don't pay everything I need to pay, the mortgage, the car note, the insurance. I don't pay all that and then pay God. It's, It's one of the reasons that Angie and I do automated giving. We've set it up through our safe and secure site where automatically on the day that I get paid, whether that's a Tuesday or a Saturday, whatever, automatically off the top. Man, I love the fact that every time I get paid, the first 10%, and for us, we do tithes and offerings, so it's more than that, automatically goes to the local church where God said he wanted that to go. God said, if you live on 90% and bring back 10 to me, I will bless you. I'd much rather live, I think I can do better in life living on 90% blessed by God than living on 100% without his blessings. And so, The power is in the first. God says, when I give the first, he will do more through my life than I could ever do. And so I want to encourage you today. In fact, if you're online, I want to walk you through how to do this. If you're gathered with us in the room this morning, I want the ushers to go ahead and pass out the cards. We're doing something called a 90-day tithing challenge. So ushers, while you're passing those out online, I want to talk to you for just a moment. The 90-day tithing challenge, we want to make this as easy as we can for you to put yourself, for you to put your family in a place where God can bless you, unlike anything you've ever seen. And so I'm going to ask you to click the link when we're done in just a moment, c3church.cc forward slash yes. If you're going to say yes, you never limit your life and you never go wrong when you say yes to what Jesus asked you to do. So in a moment, and the, the link will stay at the bottom of the screen, I'm going to ask you to go to this link in a moment, but let me tell you what we're doing. If you will say, hey, I'm in. I want to be a part of the 90-day tithing challenge. If you'll say for the next 90 days, I'm going to bring I'm going to bring the first 10%, just like Scripture teaches, to the local church. And you can give online. We'll talk about how to do that. Or you can bring that if you come to the gatherings. If you do that for 90 days, the first 10%, every time you get paid, all of your gain, the first 10%, whatever that is. At the end of 90 days, if you say, hey, I just, I don't, I don't feel like God's blessed me. I don't feel like what Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 says, where God, it's the only time in all of scripture God says, test me in this. Test me. 
and see if I won't pour open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing you won't be able to handle it. So you've, if you've ever wondered, is God real? If you've ever wondered, can I trust God? This, this is the only place in all the Bible he says, test me. Because he knows what a challenge it is for us as we deal with finances. And so if you'll do that for 90 days and you get to the end of 90 days and you say, man, I don't feel like God's blessed me. We will give back everything you gave in 90 days. No questions asked. No questions. Because I want this to be as easy as possible for you to step into that place. Because I know it's difficult. I understand it's a challenge. But listen, we know, I know, you know, this is not a money issue. It's a trust issue. It's a heart issue. What if, what if you don't do this? You live your life without the protection and provision of God. You live in the same stagnancy with the ebb of hopelessness flowing in and out of your life, with the stress of trying to figure it all out yourself. That continues. And when life gets more intense, it gets more difficult. But what if, what if you take this challenge and you do this and you put God first in these areas of your life, not just finances, but the areas we've talked about? When it comes to finances, God, prom- he makes a promise. He says, test me. Here's what I'm going to do if you do this. So 10% of $1,000 a month is $100. 10% of $5,000 a month is $500. God says, man, you bring that and watch what I'll do. And so it's an act of faith. Now, we don't know what his blessings are going to be. They may be financial. I see that often. They may be health. They may be relationships. What I know is God's blessings are way bigger than anything we can dream or imagine. And our lack of faith, our what if that leads to paralyzing, sometimes debilitates us and limits us from everything God can't wait to do in and through us. But our lack of obeying is limiting what God can do in our lives. And so Angie and I automate this. If you text C3 Orlando to 77977, you'll get a safe and secure link where you can give online. That's what Angie and I do. And Angie and I automate the important things in life because life is so busy. And you automate things too. Think about it. Think about it. You, you automate, like Netflix doesn't send you every month, hey, you need to pay or we're going to cancel this. Hulu's not like, hey, come on, you got to pay or we're going to cancel Disney+. Plus. You automate those things. You have them set up where they just automatically flow through and, and go, and you don't even have to think about it because if you sit down to watch that, that show, if you sit down to watch the show that you've been watching and all of a sudden your Netflix is off, you lose your dang mind. So you've automated that. Now, why would I automate something that I enjoy but is so much less than and can do so much less for me than what God wants to do? And so, Angel, I've automated it. You can set up, if you have... If you get paid every week, if you get paid twice a month, however it works, you can automate that, set that up, put in that first 10%, that automatically will happen. And here's another reason I love that. Automatically, the first time, the, the first out of what you get paid each time will go to C3. You'll, you'll be obeying what God teaches, and you'll put yourself in a blessable place, and then you'll get an email. You'll roll through that day, so you get paid on a Tuesday. You'll get an email that says, hey, you, uh, Man, you, you gave. Thank you so much for that gift. And you'll get to pause right there. This is what I do. When I see that email, I pause. And I say, man, thank you, God, for C3. Thank you for the way it's working in people's lives. Father, I pray you would bless the resources of C3 so that we can expand and, and help more people and reach more people. Because our expansion is not brick and mortar. Our expansion is lives. We want to help as many people as we can. And so that's what you and I get to be a part of. 
If you're in the room this morning, you now have a card. On the back of that card, on one side is Malachi 3.10. You see God's promise right there. On the other side, just fill out your name, your date of birth, your address, email, phone number, all that info. And whether, whether you say yes, there's a line at the bottom where you can check yes, 90-day tithing challenge. You can check that box. Online, you can check that box. When you go to the link, c3church.ccs, when, when you check that box, I'm going to get a list of all those names. So is our team, our staff. And I'm not going to know. I don't know what you've committed. I don't, I don't know any of that. I just get your name. And the reason I want your name is over this 90 days, our team is going to be praying for you by name as God blesses you. And I, I can't wait to hear what he's going to do. And then there's another box. The future is now. This is for those of you that are part of C3 or those of you that might feel led to give to C3. In 2021, I'm asking you to join me and Angie in praying, what can we give over and above the tithe? Because remember the first, the tithe is 10%. Over and above that to the future is now, and that is toward C3's next step. As you know, we are a portable church. Whether you're watching online or you've gathered with us in the room, we're meeting in a movie theater right now, we're a portable church. But we have been putting aside resources, and many of you have been giving to this before today, and every penny you've given goes into a separate account, hasn't been touched. Foundry, the firm Foundry, is working and looking for permanent space for us. We get monthly updates. There are three opportunities we're looking at right now and praying through. And so as we're doing that, all these resources are going there to take that next step. And so if you want to be a part of the future is now. Helping C3 be in a place to impact more lives, to reach more people, to benefit more people, especially those of you that are part of C3, we can do way more together than we can do alone. And so I want to encourage you, you and I, we need to be a part of what God's doing in the life of our church. And so yes, 90-day tithing challenge, and then check the future is now. And on the card, if you're in the room, you can fill in the amount right there. Online, there's a box, another box. You can fill in the amount of what you plan to give in 2021 to the future is now. Hey, C3, what if we take these steps that God hungers and God desires for us to take. And I, I can't wait to see. I, I can't wait to see what God does in your life. Because we, we're not, our focus is not building a church. Our focus is building you. If we build you, the church takes care of itself. And I, I want to see what God's going to do way more than I want to see what happens if we don't. Could I pray for you this morning? Father, thank you so much for this time. I pray for every single person right now that's watching online or gathered in the room. And Father, for those that are saying, yes, God, I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know how we're going to do it, but I want to ask the what ifs that propel my life into the future. Yes, I'm going to be a part of the 90-day tithing challenge. God, I pray your blessings on every single individual, on every single family. Father, for those that say, yes, I, I want to be a part of the future is now. Father, I pray you'd give us wisdom in these resources. I pray that we would... Be in a place where we trust you at a level, God. Some are going to give extravagant offerings. God, as we use those resources, I pray you would take all of it to help us reach and help people. Thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this message encouraged you and inspired you. Would you share it with someone that you're connected with? And also, if you want to be a part of supporting this incredible life-giving movement, you can text C3 Orlando to 77977. You can also go to our safe and secure giving website at giveC3.cc. Listen, we love you guys. We're praying for you. We'll see you next week.